Alright, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League. I'm your host and commish, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski, talking week 11 in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. Joining us after a one-week hiatus from Take Your Ball and Go Home, Shane Stein. How's it going, buddy? Not great, Matt. A uh, little, little ticked off. Uh, listened to the pod last week, and up pops up a, a quarterback rushing category. And... Uh, you know how much I love those. What a, I'm just sitting there screaming at my phone as I'm driving into work. Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. Um, so a little, little pissed off that I missed that one, but happy to be back here. Got a huge win last week against uh, the Bull Weevils. So put us in the playoff contention. So excited. That time of year, starting to get excited. All right. Speaking of excited, fresh off a $48 tutter. Joining us from the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. Life is funny sometimes, isn't it? I mean, what is better than a color rush Thursday night first quarter touchdown? I mean, if that doesn't get you going and get just the adrenaline and juice flowing through your veins, you are in the wrong adult, meaningless game to play, right? I mean, this is, it checks all the boxes. I was. Two minutes ago, complaining, and, and my rant was going to be completely different than this. This is all about how amazing fantasy football is. Watson, real deal. Grab your shares now. What was the question? Stay, stay wired. Stay wired. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Beat that chest. <laughs> um, Shane, yes, that question was... Solely driven with you in mind last week. I was very excited for you to be a part of it. I was just as disappointed as you were that you weren't a part of it. But you have to be very happy in how your friend uh, performed last week. He did well. He did well. I I was impressed. Um, I I was very impressed. I I actually was thinking about just trying to pad his stats here with with another another one this week. I was going to go like early 2000s running backs. (laughs) Um, <laughs> see if I can see if I can get Marshall Falk on the list somehow. <laughs> Natron <laughs> means it's not on this list. <laughs> uh, Mike Allstott somewhere in there, uh, but oh. no. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's hear what you got for us this week. Oh man! Well, staying with the, I mean, look, look at the matchup we're watching tonight. I mean, King Henry is on the field. Um, felt like it had to be a King Henry involved question. Um, he currently, going into this game, led the AFC in rushing with 922 yards. Um, Saquon Barkley leads the NFL with 931. Um, King Henry has led the AFC twice before this season in rushing yards, 2019 and 2020. We did this question a little earlier this year. I can't even remember how far we went back, but for this one, we're going to go back in the past. 10 seasons of football, so 2013 to 2021, I guess. So there's only nine seasons. There have been 13 players that have led their conference in rushing yards. (laughs) You name the 13 players that have led either the AFC or NFC in rushing yards for a season. My God. One of them you will not get. (laughs) Uh, Are there any pants on at this point in the podcast? 
Well, allow me to take the honors, Mr. TG3. I don't think that's right. Todd Gurley is on this list. Oh, <laughs> he led the NFC in 2017 with 1,305 yards. Wow. He had a pretty good stretch, if I remember. <laughs> Anyone want to elaborate on that? No, I'll, I'll take Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor led the NFL last year with 1,811 yards. So Henry was, you said, 20 and 19. He was 19 and 20, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go one of the hottest talents to ever emerge out of the Michigan State Spartan backfield, Levy Bell. Le'Veon Bell is on this list. He led the AFC once in 2014 with 1,345 yards. might be tougher than we think there there is there's one name you 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 guys just won't get unless you're you're looking at it it's um, gonna be some sh- one of those shitty broncos running backs but i mean I, there, there's the other ones you guys should do a pretty good job with um all right so let's think about some nfc names here i, I i've got one to lay up it's embarrassing we haven't gotten it yet Um, I'm going to say, hmm. Dorsey Levins is not on this list. <laughs> no, I don't think that's right. Um, I'm going to say it anyway. David Johnson. David Johnson's not on this list. Oh my God. Right. Color rush opening night, first quarter tutter. Winning in trivia, I uh, for the W. I'm going to take whipping boy himself, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson is on this list. He led the NFL. He led the NFL in 2015 and the NFC with 1,485 yards. Also led the league in 2007 and 2008. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I, those are the years I was thinking of. I, I didn't pick him because of that sole reason that I thought that was too old. thought that was the reason for the question. Still uh, still a couple of reasons for the question out there. I mean, at least one more. Um, thought you might get, but go ahead, Phil. Oh, I have to go, I have to go again? Or you want oh, to go no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you, you just went. But still, uh, still one on Kaz's radar here. That I thought he might get, considering he's his best player. But. Yeah, I didn't know if he led rushing, <laughs> but I'm, I'm CMC. CMC led the NFC in 2019 with 1,387 yards. All right, what, what year is the latest that we're missing in the NFC and AFC? So you haven't gotten 21 or 20 for the NFC. Oh, okay. You haven't gotten 18 for the NFC or the AFC. 
right. Um, hmm. I'll, I'll, fuck. No, I don't, I don't think it's him. Uh, how about Arian Foster? So Arian Foster, if I would have went back a little bit more, would be, but he led the AFC in 2010. Oh, he said, oh. So he's not on this list. We stopped, cut it off at 2013 here. How about Zeke? Zeke Elliott on the list, led the NFC twice and the NFL twice. 2018, 1,434 yards. 2016, 1,631 yards. I believe that's the reason David Johnson is not on the list. 2016 was the big year, I believe, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is Eddie Lacy on this list? <laughs> Eddie Lacy's not on this list. What's the fucking reason for the question? God damn it, God damn it. Well, it was the reason for the question was one, Derrick Henry, just to talk about him. Two, Todd Gurley was on the list. Um, CMC was on the list. Something color rush related. Um, Dalvin Cook. Trying to go. Dalvin Cook is your 2020 and 2021 NFC guy. 1557 in 2020, big curtain year. 2021, he only had 1159, still led the league last year. Definitely missing some uh, guys that. how should I put this delicately? Like to be aggressive with the ladies? That's too many. <laughs> said, um, oh, Ray Rice. Ross? No, 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 he was out. He was, Who guessed, he, he, he was not in the league at this point. Mm. Kareem Toledo Hunt. Did he go Kareem, to Toledo? He Kareem go? Hunt is on the list. He led the NFL in 2017. 1,327 yards. I don't think Herschel Walker's on this list. Um. <laughs> <laughs> There's that subtle humor. I love it. Um, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Uh, you said guys that like to be aggressive. It had to be Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Are, are there more? There, there's more. <laughs> there's another. Oh. He like may have... Go ahead. Marshawn Lynch? Marshawn Lynch is not on the list. Okay. Um, this guy may or may not have just put up, a, I believe, a 50-burger in our oh, league. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, he led the league in rushing? He led the AFC. Yeah. I don't, even, I don't know who we're talking about. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon led the AFC in 2018. Oh. That was oh. the reason for the question. You want to make me feel like an asshole. I 1,168 yards. So the there's one, four names left. The one that you're saying that we're not going to get, I feel like it might be no Sean Marino. <laughs> it's not no Sean Marino. That's, yeah. a, that's a good guess, though. I said it was going to be one of those shitty running backs for the Broncos. There is a guy on this list, though, that led both the NFC and AFC during this time frame. 
Wow. He's the only one to do it. LaShawn McCoy. So McCoy is on this list. He's not that guy. Not that guy, pal. Um, but he, he did lead the NFC in 2013 with 1,607 yards. So the 2014 NFC leader also led the AFC. That is correct. In, tw- in 2016. is wild and there's also kind of the reason the last reason for the question repeat it again so the guy that led the nfc and asc is kind of a reason for the question um may or may not have participated on one of the squads we're watching right now yeah i don't think it's bishop sankey um oh Mm. DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray oh. is that guy. He is that guy. Oh. He led the NFC and NFL in 2014 with 1,845 yards and then led the AFC in 2016, 1,287 yards. I was close with LaShawn McCoy. All right, and then 2015 and 2013 AFC. Yeah. Um, So one of these guys is the one that I said you're not going to get um, unless I give you guys a clue, then you might. There is a pretty good clue for these two guys. They both played for the same team. Embarrassing, but I have to uh, retract my statement. They did not pl- play for the same team. Um, I had a mis- misprint on my uh, on my list. There's still two names left, but I had the uh, all right two the, names the wrong sleep. years written down. So they're both in the AFC. Okay. They did not One play year. for the same team though. 2015 and 2013. One of the guys, pretty big name. Chris Johnson? So Chris Johnson led the AFC in 2009 when his big year. That was the only year he led. Okay. One's a big name, was a very good player. The other was... Jamal Jamal Charles? Yes, Jamal Charles led in 2013. Mm. um, 1,287 yards. The 2015 guy, really tough, tough name. I'm not going to make you guys um, sweat over it. Chris Ivory. <laughs> oh my god! Led the uh, AFC. Oh my god! Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty ridiculous. Uh, That's not fair. Pretty poor uh, AFC rushing in 2015. Uh, 2015, the first Desert Dogs title. <laughs> Jesus. 
Um, I think we got a short slate tonight, so I wanted to talk about this last week and forgot. Good question, Shane. Um, those, just the running back position is just so fickle in fantasy football. Um, so I wanted to talk about next year, or I guess the future of the league. I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts about potentially, instead of the podcast next year, doing a weekly first half of the Thursday night uh, group chat, Zoom meeting type thing for the entire league. Sherd kind of brought up the fact that he'd love a live podcast where they can banter and um, just was kicking around that idea. Obviously, it wouldn't need to be like everybody attends, but it might be good to get the group together if people could pop in for a little bit. One of your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, definitely something to implement. I mean, even if we couldn't do it every week, it's still something that would be, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's there's much downside, let's put it that way. I mean, just a bunch of grown men sitting around having a beverage, talking about fancy football, talking about real football. What's not to like? This, this show might be hitting its peak if it hasn't already. Um, so. Yeah, we are. We got to get some metrics back on what our viewers like. I mean, we we talk about Todd Gurley at every stretch of the conversation that we can. I, I don't know how that lands with our demographic, but I am a big fan of the change in format. Every you got to switch it up once in a while. My only question would be: Are we gonna? be roasting people like on video and we're just like staring at them as we make up these names like abusement fodder and, and like are we going to just like see the reaction in real time and how are we going to capture that in a podcast that people listen to later I, I think part of the problem is I, the listen to later part I think that's what I'd like to eliminate oh you're not even going to record it I'm thinking, I'm thinking of you and I here buddy so got it we talked about this. I'm, I'm worried about our advertisers if we start eliminating replays and things like that. It's funny you brought this up because as I was trying to think of a trivia question tonight, I was just like, I'm running out of freaking ideas, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running out, running out of questions. I, I can only ask you guys the leading, the leading rushers and receivers from the past yeah. decade, 20 years, so, so often. <laughs> we haven't had... The- I- we haven't had the yeah. top-scoring quarterback, running back, and wide receiver in each division yet this year. I know. I I, I know. I yeah, thought about it. I yeah. thought about that one tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's one idea that I'd like to hear some feedback on for those that are still listening 17 minutes into this podcast. Um, no, other... I, th- I, th- I think, uh, I mean, we could certainly, even with that idea, I mean, we could certainly add on, like, I mean, I know at times in the past in some of our podcasts we've done some some live interviews, um, that kind of stuff where you you bring someone on and just kind of just a live interview of how their season's going, how their team's going, what they're doing, that kind of stuff. I mean, you integrate some 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 league wide trivia, some stuff like that. Be fun. If I could just interject for one second, and it's very off topic, but. I want you guys to quickly look at the game that's on the TV because this this is I'm gonna need just a, a minute. We got the Derrick Henry all blue color rush unis, the red sleeves, 
the visor, and it's so cold that you can see the breath, like, outside of the visor. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't get much better than this. The seawolves are at full mass. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is it. This is, this is peak seawolves. I know it's all downhill it's, the rest of the season. You can tell, that, you can tell the end of November's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staring a first-run exit right in the face. I mean, this is... Wow. You've never What a special treat. Um, Other thing I'd like to consider is a potential 2024 Superflex. Um, I've talked with both of you about this privately. Um, I think it's time to, with how bad the quarterback play has been this year, it's time for this, this league to really consider whether or not they'd like to run out Jacoby Brissett in their flex spot or some other mediocre running back wide receiver player. So, More like um, a Taysom Hill type player. Yeah, sure. Um, so just something that I think there would obviously have to be some caveats as Phil and I talked about it last week before we went on air. Um, we'd probably have to put in a rule that no no quarterbacks could be kept this year. Um, just gotta to, believe that sure is probably the only one looking to maybe keep one at this point, right? Yeah, if you're if you're if you're too bad. Guy. Um, so I, I'm I'm all for the superflex. Obviously, we can't put it into play next year because you could have assumed that people may have drafted differently, knowing that that was coming next year. Um, but just another thing I'd like to get the league's thoughts on. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in. I like it. And sure's probably not actually. He's got ETN and Chubb. He's probably not really considering keeping fields. I'm not too concerned with what Fodder Park is doing. I love the idea. <laughs> Look, the, the league is the, the haves and the have nots. And teams like mine that have two top three, four, five RB ones, depending on what you're looking at. I have a big advantage and adding quarterbacks as really good keepers in 2024 means there's going to be other teams that have really good keepers too. And more of the league will have deeper, better keepers that are on them that just have their own advantages. You don't have to worry about just getting running backs cheaply. That's no longer the gold standard. Now there is a few different gold standards here. I I love it. And it makes, Everything more interesting. Everything else, the the draft cash, the fifty dollars that people are trading, yeah, that 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 really hurts you for the following season if you can't get two quality quarterbacks. So would we be um, looking at adding a keeper or keeping the keepers at two? What would the? I think we'd keep the keepers at two. I don't think that that needs to change. We'd have to just consider if we're adding another starting position or if we're turning one of our flexes into a super flex. Okay. I think we're just turning it into a super flex. We're turning one of the flex positions into a super flex. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's that's kind of the only change. It, it definitely definitely changes things. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a big decision then. I mean, I mean, quality quarterback play, obviously... It's the easiest way to increase the the value. Um, yeah, you really got to make a decision on a guy like Josh Allen at thirty bucks or whatever he went for. 
um, certainly turns into he's already the probably the most valuable player in the league. If I mean one of the top three, four, um, but certainly carries a whole lot more value if you can play him. I mean, We've just talked, having that yeah. the quarterback spot's going to be just much more valuable. We've talked about that the quarterback position is obviously valuable. It's just not drafted as such. Um, you know, the playoff teams usually have five or six of the top eight quarterbacks. Um, yeah. But I just feel like the difference in quarterback five and quarterback 12 isn't that wide, but the difference between quarterback 12 and quarterback 24 is quite the margin. Yeah. I mean, it gives you just gives you a bunch of different options of how you want to construct your lineup as well. Um, well, that's where you want everybody's going to want three good quarterbacks. Like, you, you have to have three good quarterbacks. Because, one, you got buys, you got injuries, you have guys that just flat-out stink. Uh, that makes it really interesting. If you don't have two really good quality quarterbacks, you are at such a significant disadvantage. It's also going to make the player pool a whole lot more interesting of players going back into the into the draft pool. Yes. Um I mean, you're going to have some a lot more good players being draft eligible because um, yep. you got to imagine there's going to be some quarterbacks kept because you're, you're going to want to have one. Um, you're not going to want to have to go out and get two of them probably in the draft. Um, but I mean, that can still certainly be an option. I mean, you can. I, I don't know that it's a strong one, but you could certainly go with a, a no quarterback keepers and keep your two stud running backs and, and have to draft in the. The draft, but just, it just opens up a whole different bunch of options. So I like it. All right. Well, those again that are still listening here at the 26 minute mark and haven't turned us off because we're bad, um, let us know what you think. So. Oh, Yeti got stuffed. Yeah, no good. Stuffed. Not, not the juice we're looking for. All right, let's uh, let's go into our week eleven matchups. We got about five minutes that we can give each matchup. Um, oh, we'll start with this one because I'm calling it early. Seawolves against Nevermore. Um, Nevermore projected for sixty two and a half points this week. Seawolves projected for one hundred five point three. Uh, not sure that Tyrus will fill the tight end and quarterback spots this week, so that'll be interesting to see the way that plays out. Um, he's got Alan Lazard, who's got one catch for two yards, along with Jamal Williams, Joe Mixon, Deontay Johnson, Latavius Murray, and Drake London. Seawolves running out Derrick Henry, who's got five points, and Christian Watson, one catch, 14 yards, but as Phil mentioned, was a tutter, 7.9. So. I, I would like to go on the record and say... This is why the Eddie Exotic rule is fucking stupid. I agree. This right here. Because you have somebody that is a very obvious $5 draft penalty for being completely disengaged the league. All because Eddie wanted to save a roster spot last year. This is the result. Completely uncompetitive games at the end of the season. So I did, did changing the rule for one person make the league better would be my question. I agree. Uh, Seawolf's big. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I have a problem with that. Well, let, let's slow down here a little bit. It, it's, oh, only, it's only Thursday. <laughs> Not so fast, my friend. It's only Thursday. Um, 
he has some time to to, to fill his lineup. I mean, he he, he has some moves that can be made. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's slow down here. See if he see if he picks someone up. I mean, clearly he's probably maybe he's going to listen to the pod. Um, hopefully he picks someone up and 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 puts a puts a little effort here together to try to compete. I mean, I don't know that it's going to matter. Um, Phil did famously say earlier this year that James Cook was going to be the biggest pickup in the league this year. He is on Nevermore. Uh, maybe he gets slotted in there against Cleveland's poorest run defense and uh, <laughs> puts up a, a nice number. But no, this is this is Seawolves big, regardless. This is going to surprise you guys. I'm not right 100 percent of the time. Just <laughs> as, like a, as a PSA, Seawolves big. No reason not to. Yeah, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. So, um, Yeti scores tonight. Watson already scored. Eckler probably scores. Hertz probably scores. Yeah. Get, get your Seawolves in. This is this is such a Seawolves just absolute romp. Last week of the <laughs> the last time this season that this team is fully healthy. And then question yep. for the Nevermore side: um, Geno Smith over under zero points on his bye week. <laughs> it is not an unders podcast, so something's going to have to go off here. Good news is, whether you bet the over or under, it's a push. You get your money back. Um, all right, next game: Steel Curtain against Team Ice Cream. Steel Curtain um, one and nine with projection of seventy nine point nine. Ice Cream six and four with a one seventeen projection. Um, on the curtain side, Derek Carr, Elijah Mitchell, Antonio Gibson, Gabe Davis, Darnell Mooney, Dalton Schultz, Garrett Wilson, and MVS. Um, on the ice cream side, Mahomes, Kamara, Najee, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Boyd, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Melvin Gordon. Um, OBJ still on that bench, looking good. CEH. <laughs> CEH is a stiff... That dude is done. Um, all right, let's talk about Ed's team. Elijah Mitchell comes back last week and gets nine, 18 carries, 19 touches, most touches on the team, more than run CMC. I thought he looked really good. Uh, gets Arizona this week. Do you think that's kind of how this will shake out, or um, was last week more of an anomaly in the Niners' backfield? He did look good. He looked. He looked looked really explosive. Um, I, I think it's gonna as we go here towards the end of the year. It's gonna lean a little more towards CMC, um, just because he's a better player. Um, and but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they really. I mean, the Niners want to run the football. Let's put it that way. Everyone knows that um, Mitchell's gonna get some work, but I think it starts to shift more of a twenty ten. CMC to Mitchell as we go here towards the end of the year. Yeah, it, they, they didn't acquire him for no reason. I don't see, I saw some reports out there of like a 50-50 split. I, I don't see that happening. You don't run CMC, invest in the draft capital to get him to do that. Uh, I'm not buying into it. CMC is still going to be at least a 75% workload. <clears throat> I think it could be pretty 50-50 on the carries. Um, I just oh, think okay. CMC will do more through the air. So that's 
Um, in terms of touches, I think McCaffrey will out-touch him, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's 12 to 15 for each of them on the ground most weeks. Um, on the ice cream side, let's stick with the night. Well, I guess we talked about him last week. Uh, I just want to know, I guess, is George Kittle done being like a tight end one? Um, asked a pretty bad question about him last week. He's tight end 17 right now in the season. He's only had three games in double digits. Um, and I think those were the weeks that Diva was out. Um, kind of feel like his time has come and gone as, as a top five to top ten tight end. Yeah. Watched that game last week, and it, like I said, I mean, they want to run the football, and this is this is kind of a three to four horse race in the in the offense for the Niners. With I mean, you got your two backs, and then you got Debo and Ayuk. Um, Kittle's kind of the odd man out. Um, I'm not going to say that there's not still room for some some solid weeks. He's clearly a, a, still a decent player. Um, but just for what they're trying to do, um, a lot of rushing the football, a lot of end arounds with Debo, a lot of quick wide receiver screens. He's, he's being used more as a blocking asset right now. And I, I don't foresee him, other than in, if they, they suffer some injuries in the receiving core, being that surefire lock him in tight end one guy anymore. How does this keep happening to tight ends where they just they dominate? for big stretches and then I'm I don't I'm not quick on the trigger to use the F word but you got you gotta at least consider is he fodder <laughs> looking at what he's done this year he, he's not ownable. You are better off streaming week to week than what he's done. And I, I, I can't explain it. I don't it's the same coaches, the same system, same quarterback and all of a sudden, they go from the one of the best tight ends, potential keepers, to I, I don't I don't want them on steel fodder. Like, I don't I don't I don't I don't know. You are uh, in rare form tonight, my friend. <laughs> Let's say it's something the color for you. rush. It, like, it's like the full moon for me. It's when it's a color rush game, things are just they hit different. Or thirty five minutes in, you haven't sat down yet. <laughs> Uh, ice cream big in this one. Yeah. Yeah, Curtin gave uh, the Desert Dogs all they could handle last week. Sickening. Pretty much everyone Sickening. on the roster scored a tutter. <laughs> it's disgusting. Um, it, was, it was just tutter central over there in Curtin land last week. Um, this week it's uh, it's ice cream big. As long as this ice cream team stays healthy, they're, they're tough. You, tip, you making a pick, Phil? You know who I'm picking. All right. Big. Flock, Mad Dogs, next game. Flock, 7-3, and three, projected for 104. Mad Dogs, 2-8, and eight, projected for 77 points. On the Flock side, we got Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, Devin Singletary, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, Mark Andrews, DeAndre Swift, James Robinson. On the Mad Dogs side, Dak Prescott, Damian Pierce, Tony Pollard, Devo Samuel, George Pickens, Greg Dulcich, 
Kadarius Tony and an open flex spot at the moment. Um, probably waiting to see if Jerry Judy is healthy or not. Got to um, get Judy in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll start off with the flock side. Um, let's talk about DeAndre Swift. Um, last week he had six carries and one catch. He did score a touchdown, saved his day, and got him 7.7. Um, he has had five carries, two carries, and six carries in his last three games. Um, what's going on there? Are we completely out on Swift? Um, would you be, any of us be surprised if he gets shut down at some point with the way the Lions season's going? Yeah, really tough to explain. He comes out of the gates in the beginning of the year. I got I to gotta check this, but yeah, 15 for 144 week one. He's been, he's been hurt. Um, he's been hurt limited yeah. yeah I mean I, I obviously the injury plays a big part um, but when so, you're as bad as the Lions are why bring him back if he's not healthy to go yeah no you're right yeah I mean I think you just you just roll with, with Jamal um, down the stretch here maybe see what you got with some of your other your other backups some of your younger guys and no use really pushing the envelope with with a guy like Swift and you try to come back healthy for next year. That's not really the way the NFL is molded, though. <laughs> I mean, if you're one of the better players on the team, like you're going to play. Um, probably a smart move to not play him and not risk any more further injury. But if he's able to go, like he's probably going to go. But I, I just can't see him in the RB one picture rest of way. Yeah, it's not like a young franchise quarterback. These NFL teams don't give a shit about any of these running backs. So no. they're healthy. They're throwing them out there. They're not going to shut them down. But he, he's been – I just don't think he's been he's been healthy. And we saw a little bit early. We know he's a good player. He's a really good player. Uh, but Jamal Williams has shown some promise. And if he's not 100%, like, why not just keep beating the hot hand? Would you start – DeAndre Swift, or would you play Harbaugh Roulette with Kenyon Drake or Gus Edwards if Gus comes back? Um, man, that's that's a tough one. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I think I'd start Swift. I'm not starting at best the second best running back in that offense. Swift. Or you could run out the two tight end stack with Cole Komet. Um, you know, you know, I like the goal line stack. Kadarius Tony's a stud. I don't think we need to talk about him tonight. Uh, I think we just talked about him, but I do think Mick has something there. Hardman's on the IR. Tony's going to be a big uh, producer for the Chiefs the rest of the way. Um, let's talk about Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is a free agent this offseason. Um, the Cowboys have Zeke under contract. What do you think the Cowboys are going to do there? Do you think there's potential that they waive Zeke and make Pollard the guy, or is Pollard going to be the lead man in a new backfield next year? Well, let's put it this way. Either way, um, I guess as the kids say, he's going to be looking to secure the bag. Um <laughs> 
That was hip of you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, I think if they'd be smart to wave Zeke and and uh, and go with Pollard, I think Pollard's a better player at this point. Um, a little bit younger, a little more explosive, and obviously probably going to be a little cheaper. I'm sure I think they can get them a little cheaper than they have Zeke. So seems like a win-win for the Cowboys if they go that route. Um, I do think, though, that Pollard's going to end up out of town. Yeah. Because I think Jared Jones is really dumb. (laughs) Well, they're also going to think, look, he's a running back. I I wouldn't be surprised if they waived both of them. Or, I mean, not waived Pollard, but waived Zeke and let Pollard walk and then just use, like, a fourth and a fifth round pick on back-to-back running backs. That's just how we've seen the running back system play out in, in the NFL. You really need the right situation to extend a long-term contract to somebody. And Pollard is going to find a suitor, be the lead guy somewhere, probably have a upper RB2 type season next year. He's a good player, but they're not going to pay him. And they have bigger issues to worry about. I got something for you. Zeke gets waived. Pollard signs with someone else. Dear God. You tell me. No, Gurley is not making a return. No, Jerry Jones trades up into the top five to take the hometown kid, John Robinson. Wow. That that sounds like a Jerry Jones move right there. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's that's where we're at. And then Cooper Rush gets that job, wins it during the bye week in week four next season. (laughs) And the real future of the Cowboys is on the field. Fegley, let me know your thoughts on that. Um, I will take the flock to win this one. Yeah. um, Flock. (laughs) Not much else. Flock. Big. Not going to overthink it. Um, next game, Reading Renegades, Bull Weevils, speaking of Fegley, 8-2. and two, Best record in the league, 123 projection. I said best record, not best roster. Um, Bull Weevils, 78.9 projection. And Renegades roster is Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper, Kyle Pitts, Terry McLaren, and Dante Foreman making his way into the lineup this week. Good for you, Fegs. Um, on the Bull Weevil side, Kirk Cousins, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Michael Pittman Jr., Jacoby Myers, Pat Farmruth, and to trigger Phil a little more, Mike Evans and Jell Model on by. This is a 5-5 five and five football team fighting for their playoff lives. Two players on by on Thursday night in their lineup. Um, <laughs> we'll start off with the Renegades side. I feel like we all forgot about this. DeAndre Hopkins is an outstanding football player. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, this is part of when we were looking at the beginning of the year. I think part of what Phil was not looking at as far as why we were saying this is a, a really good roster. Jesus, um, God. You, you have a guy like this waiting in the wings. Um, 14 targets, 13 targets down week in week nine then 14 targets again last week i mean he's clearly back into the number one option in arizona breathing a little life into into the little guy kyler murray 
Um, yeah, he's just really good. He's he's been really good for a long time. He's he's not quite as good as he used to be, but he's still a very very serviceable fantasy play in the in the wide receiver two realm. Here, is if not a little higher, I said I was out on the roster. It wasn't because I just forgot DeAndre Hopkins was on it. It's because his running backs were Barkley, which has panned out fantastically, Cam Akers, Zeke, and Eskridge. Is he even a running back? I don't even know who that is. That's why I was out on the roster. Not because DeAndre Hopkins wasn't on the field to start, but the Kyle Pitts, the Cam Akers, and the Zeeks is why I was out. Derrick Henry, Thursday night tutter. My God. I'm going to be bidding on those Under Armour red arm straps on eBay later tonight, fellas. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to be off camera if you don't mind. Okay. Um, <laughs> you did not answer anything about the Under Hopkins. That's fine. We're moving on. He's a good player. He's a really good player. Um, Josh Jacobs right now is running back six. Oh, by the way, one more comment about Fegley's team because I know my boy's rooting for me. Amari Cooper, wide receiver 14. Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver 23 right now. You guys suck. Both of you. Um, Josh Jacobs, running back six right now in the season. Do you think Jacobs finishes as a top 10 running back this year or is there some decline coming? Um, I think there's a little decline coming. This Why? Isn't, um, I just don't know that it's sustainable. Um, I think, uh, I, I mean, when we say decline, I mean, I guess how how much are we talking about here? I'm not, are we saying like, do six, I think he's going to finish six to ten? Like, I, I still think he finishes as probably as an RB one. I'm thinking it's going to be the lower end, though. Let's put it that way. So, I, th- I think he's had. I mean, he has had a couple of huge weeks that have ballooned and inflated this a little bit. Um, I, I think he's a very good back. I think he's probably a best suited at the low end RB1, and I think that's where he finishes, probably in like the, the number 10 range. So, I mean, in that status, yes, he declines a little bit from where he's at right now, but not much. Look, this is a player, we see this happen every season where the fantasy community gets down on a player for whatever reason, even though every part of their situation says that they're the guy and they produced before and they can do it again. That's, I mean, that's exactly what's happened with Josh Jacobs. He's, he was a guy universally that was hated in the fantasy community. At $34, we all thought at the draft, what most people thought at the draft, including myself, that that was too high of a price, and we were wrong. And Bull was dead right on him. To answer the question, I see a little decline, maybe like to the 8 or 9 slot, but definitely staying in the top 10, which is a great bargain at the price that he paid. Yeah, yeah it was definitely a good buy. Um, any comment on Fedley's two wide receivers that are winning me that bet right now? 
I don't have my sheet in front of me and what that bet was. What was it? Two of those four? Is that what it was? It was or was it all four? No, it was two of Cooper, Thielen, Schuster, and Michael Thomas. So those are my only two chances. <laughs> yeah, but it was we two gotta, top twenties. Two top twenties, right? It was two top twenty four. No. You you said top twenty five. We held you to top twenty you said twenty. You guys are full We of held shit. you to it, then you tried to change it to twenty five. Gotta get in the top twenty, pal. All right. Wouldn't be the first time you try to revise history. I'm used to it. Renegade's big. <laughs> yeah, Renegade's big. This isn't. I'm, yeah, I got. I gotta agree. My God, I'm gonna lose the scoring title at some point soon, for sure. You're already not in the lead, Spears is. Didn't realize that. Um. <laughs> Next game, Desert Dogs franchise. Desert Dogs six and four, one hundred four projection. Fleetwood franchise five and five, ninety one point projection. On the Desert Dogs side right now, we got Jimmy G, Christian McCaffrey, Ramondre Stevenson, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, T.J. Hawkinson, Cordero Patterson, and Devontae Adams. On the franchise side, Josh Allen, Damian Harris, B. Rob Jr., uh, Cortland Sutton. Can we call Brian Robinson Jr. B Rabbit? <laughs> no, we can't. Um, BR, Cheddar BR Bob. No. Cheddar, Ch- Bob. Cheddar Bob, yeah. Um, Curtis Samuel, David Njoku, Josh Palmer, and Wandale Robinson. Um, Josh Allen has a 30 point projection for this week. <laughs> Let's do uh, over under over under 30 points for Josh Allen this week. Oh, man. So, had a little concerns last week. Wanted to see how he was. Obviously, the arm is an issue. Didn't seem to be bothering him too much as he still threw for 330 yards. Um, still rushed for 84. So, concerns kind of lifted. I'm going over. I think the Browns just stink. I've been beating them up all year. I think they're bad. Um, so I'll go over 30. Oh, man. At home. Ooh. You know what? There's supposed to be like two feet of snow. I forgot about the that. The game got moved to Detroit. Oh, it did? I didn't even see. All right. Then, yeah, That's over. Shame. Over. Uh, this this uh, asterisk it. This is 50-burger watch. My God. You got to love him. Fire up the SGP plus super stack. All right. Uh, on my side, Ramondre Stevenson back off his bye week. Gets a tough matchup against the Jets. Um, Ramondre has been double digits every week since week three. Does that double digit streak continue this week against the Jets? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is <laughs> this is a guy that gets 15, 10 to 15 carries, and he gets 5 to 10 targets. I mean, what more do you want? This guy's a stud. Um, he's, uh, he's getting double digits again this week and every week on from here on out. You could be less subtle trying to kill my player. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I need him too, buddy. He's carrying me in the other league, so. Uh, man, 
look look at this guy's stat line. Holy crap. He hasn't scored below 14 and a half points since week four, which he had 11. I, I mean, we're living in a bizarro world where the Jets are a really good football team. So I still don't think it matters. And this guy's somewhere north of 20 points this week. All right. Thanks for the boost there. Um, I'll take myself to win, but I think this game's very close. Yeah, I'll take uh, the Desert Dogs, and it's close just because of the Josh Allen factor. Um, But CMC, Monday Night Football, come on, man. Two tutters. Man. Where I don't, I don't really think Monday night's going to matter all that much in this matchup. This is going to be Josh Allen and just maybe like another 30 points combined from the rest of the roster. Dogs, easy, no sweat Monday night. I hate both of you. Game of the week. Battle of the BC coaching staff, 4-6 and six Abusement Park, 91-point projection. Six and four, take your ball and go home with a 105 projection, 4.9 points for Aaron Jones so far in this one. For the go-homers, joining him, uh, got Justin Herbert, Miles Sanders, sorry, the artist formerly known as Justin Herbert, Miles Sanders, Amon Ross St. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Gerald Everett, James Conner, and Paris Campbell. Um, On the park side, Justin Fields, MVP candidate, Nick Chubb, Michael Carter, DJ Moore, Ben, I can't pronounce his name, Squarnick, Trey McBride, finally we get Kate Otten out of this lineup, Mike Williams, and Nico Collins. Dear God. Um, Did you say this is matchup of the week? Yeah, it is. It's a bad, <laughs> Jesus it's a, God. It's a bad week in the league. Um, let's talk about podcast favorite, Justin Fields. Last two weeks, 43, 49, week before that, 30. There was that fateful Thursday night in week six when we said it was the breakout game. We were a week too early. He's been outstanding. Does he keep it up this week at Atlanta? Yeah, he does. I mean, crazy. You were you were on the right path. Um just, just like you said, a week too early, and since then he's been fantastic. I mean, 82 rushing. Since you said that, 88 rushing yards, 82, 60, 178, 147, with five rushing touchdowns. I mean, these are video game numbers for a quarterback we haven't seen since, ever, but we haven't seen anything close to this since Michael Vick. Um, I mean, I guess Lamar a little bit, but this is even crazier than some of the stuff we saw from Lamar recently here. Um no reason to think this doesn't continue this week. Um, I think he goes over 100 again and, and, and another tutter on the ground anyway. Maybe over 100 in the air. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. This is – you look at the momentum that's building around this MVP case where he has a really reasonable shot at it. And if you looked at it in week two after he threw for 70 yards and then week three after he threw for 106 – I. There, there were plenty of doubters out there, myself included. And um, he just needed 
like a few weeks to develop for some reason and he's been phenomenal the momentum continues they go to Atlanta they're gonna play a really weird game and he's gonna have a massive rushing day like they he's been having and he will be a part of some SGP plus super stack two tutter rushing parlays of the Seawolves owner all right, um, we'll stick with the quarterback position. Justin Herbert's played nine games this year. He's gone over 20 points four times this year. He's been under 16.5 points five times this year. Gets a fun game against Kansas City on Sunday night. Last time he played Kansas City, he put up 29.46. We'll set the over-under at 23 this week for Justin Herbert. What do you guys got? Yeah, I mean, obviously I put a lot into him in the investment, um, paid up for him in the draft. Um, 23 bucks, I believe I paid for him. The weapons just haven't been there. Um, obviously, we've seen it. We've, we've talked about how Eckler is option number one in the receiving department for so long. Um, needs to get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back, and I, I believe Mike Williams is back this week. Um I don't know about Keenan Allen yet. Um, but with those two guys back, he's he's worth everything you pay for him. With with those guys out, it's, it's tough to be a top-end quarterback without your top two weapons. Um, so I think there are some juicy matchups on the horizon here for, for Mr. Herbert um, in the next few weeks. And I think that's going to end up paying dividends as maybe these guys get healthy. They get some, they get some full weapons around them. And uh, we're going to see Herbert get back to the production that we're, we're used to um, taking the over this week. I think it's a higher scoring game Sunday night. I'm still sticking with the under. I, I'm i still of the thought that there, there's just something not right in that offense. I don't know how much of it has to do with Herbert. I don't know how much of it has to do with the weapons. I don't know where the responsibility lies. It's probably somewhere as a combination and, and in the middle of all of it. Until I see it, I'm, I'm not ready to take this really far over-leaning podcast and let it ride with Justin Herbert. He will be super GP plus super stack under for yardage this week. I'm going to take the under, too. I, I don't trust the offensive line. I hear what Shane's saying about the weapons, but I think it has more to do with that they can't effectively block for him. So that's my uh, my thoughts on, on Herbert. We have 45 seconds left. Anything else you guys want to add? I was just going to say, the concerning thing for me is 71. That's the amount of rushing yards he has this season. That's just a health that's, thing, his ribs. Yeah, but... Now, other than that, I'm, I'm taking myself in a very, very close one. I think this is the only one that was really up for game of the week. I think it's the closest one of the week just because of the fields factor. Um, and I, I don't love some of my matchups. So I think, I think this one's pretty close. Be quick. Uh, part. Close. All right. I'll take T-Bag. Thank you guys for listening. This was week 11 in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. We'll catch you next week when we break down week 12.